Hello, and welcome to All His Movies, the Shia LaBeouf Podcast. This is episode 22. I can't believe I'm saying this. Dumb and Dumberer from 2003. Shia watched this at 8.50 a.m. on day three of his marathon. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski, and this is a little bit, it's not a shameful secret, I don't, we might have even talked about this on a previous episode, but before last night, I'd never seen the original Dumb and Dumber, yeah. which is maybe surprising to most people, but I also feel like my one real glaring weakness in terms of movies that I haven't seen is basically comedies between like 1980 and 2010, mm-hmm. because a lot of the movies when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch. And then I entered a phase where whenever movies became, everybody I knew became obsessed with the movie, I rebelled against that movie. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. I don't want to watch Judd Apatow movies. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch that. Between those two factors, basically it's like a 30-year gap of comedies that I've never seen. It's hard to go back sometimes. Sometimes they hold up, and sometimes it's just, you kind of have to see the movie like when you're young and maybe dumb and impressionable, and sort of fall in love with the movie and in love with the characters, and then that'll stick with you. The original Dumb and Dumber that I watched last night, well, you, I'm sure you saw that a bunch of times when you were younger, right? Actually, no, to be quite honest. Really? Yeah, oh, you wow. know, it isn't really my cup of tea, I guess, by the time that came out I wasn't so much into the gross out comedy stuff I mean I was sort of a Jim Carrey fan I liked Ace Ventura yeah no I, I might be in the minority here I never really liked the appeal or liked what was going on in that first movie it, it just came across more as like annoying to me than entertaining well what's kind of surprising to me about that movie is that it's not as dumb or as gross out as I thought it would be Like, there's a lot more heart and there's a lot more plot than I was expecting, which Mm kind of caught me off guard. This movie was more what I was expecting that to be. Mm -hmm. Like, this is right in the wheelhouse, and I mean, it even has Eugene Levy, (laughs) right in the wheelhouse of, like, the American Pie movies and just, like, stupid comedy, shit-based comedy. Everything that's sort of bad about bad comedies of this time, I think, is right on stage here. Yeah. The original movie, I don't like, but I liked it more than I thought, and there was there were a lot of things that I could admire about it. Yeah. And also, what I really like about watching those movies for the first time is finding out the jokes that came from them that, like, everybody quotes and I never knew where they came from. Like, especially that one, like, so you're saying there's a chance. Like, I didn't know what that was from. That's cool. This, those kind of jokes are just, like, references to other things. It's right in that 2003, so, like, the the American Pie movies, the scary movies, all these, like, referential, gross-out, dumb slapstick movies. I think this just gets lumped in with all of them, and it's just kind of a shame that we had to watch it for this show. (laughs) Yeah, you know, compared to the first one, I'll even admit that is super sophisticated as opposed to what we're getting here is definitely you know bottom barrel type of stuff like this is what I, I'm surprised this got a theatrical release even because this feels just like a shat out straight to DVD sequel of some sort like what ended up happening with those American Pie movies you know I think eventually by the ninth one <laughs> if they're still making them they're all coming out on DVD what there is of a story here is super loose you know it's like that girl investigating where the money's coming from whatever the main plot is it's very scarce and they do sort of just try and go for scene to scene gross out jokes in a way or like at least just every sequence feels more like a skit that doesn't really have anything necessarily to to do with the plot or anything and yeah and what else caught me off guard is the Farrelly brothers they're nowhere to be found here 
either. Right. So whatever whatever they were bringing to the game the first time is completely lost. The last thing that really threw me is, and I don't know why I didn't expect this because it is a prequel, but it's a prequel. Like it's set in 1986. It doesn't feel like 1986 whatsoever. No. Any none of that is played up for laughs or comedic effect or dramatic effect or anything. So yeah, it just feels like one of those cash grab misfires. Well, this movie of the three, because Dumb and Dumber 2, T.O., came out either a year or two ago, and so this movie of the three in the franchise is the worst in terms of every metric. It made the least money by far, it has the worst rating on IMDb by far, and it has the worst Rotten Tomatoes rating by far. There's nothing here across the board, either in terms of critics or financial success, that would mark any kind of successful movie. Mm -hmm. And you're right, like, it's set in 86, I guess. Like, I didn't even see... Like, I don't know if they said that. Like, I knew it was obviously a prequel to 94. This is when they first meet in high school. It feels like 2003, just like with cassette tapes. Like, there's (laughs) nothing... There's no creativity there. There aren't even, like, cliche sort of hackneyed jokes that are like, hey, like, I can't believe, like, this new 80s band or whatever. Like, you could be, like, weird and... Not that that'd be good, but it would sort of at least know that you're... Know that you're in an era. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, it's 1986. Like, where are the aliens jokes? Or where are the jokes? You know, that's what I was expecting, right? I was just expecting them to do sort of what they do in those scary movie movies where they parody whatever's popular now. I was almost expecting to get parodies of popular films in 1986 because there were a lot of them. But yeah, no one's ever like, let's just go see Goonies instead of Class today or anything like that. Like, there's no reference. And especially with the fashion, everyone definitely looks like they stepped out of 2003. The girls in the class and Mimi Rogers, shout out to Mimi Rogers, hide her in the house. Good to see her back. Uh, (laughs) I just watched that. Go watch that movie. What did they just expect no one to think about that? Like, everyone just is so enthralled with how Lloyd and Harry met that they're going to write off the rest of that stuff. And they only say 86 once. I actually had to do calculations because there's a couple time jumps right from the start. So I thought it was 1987, but they say 86 at one point. Well, the movie's also 86 minutes long, so maybe that's all the subtle nod that you need to know what year it is. I think the problem with this movie, and I think the mentality is that They're like, people aren't going to care. They're only going to care about these two characters because they love these guys. They want to know how they met. And they, that, that's reflected in the casting. Like, apparently most of the kids were cast in this movie because they were huge fans of the original, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. We also have another pre-union. Foggy Nelson is back. He'll show up on screen in the Battle of Shaker Heights, but he's here as sort of a bully who becomes a friend. Like, it's a, a <laughs> weird reversal with no plot development or character development at all. There's not much to like here, and Shia is, again, probably the best part of this, but even that is a stretch. Like, he's not bad. He's just given nothing. Yeah. And the, the only fun thing about his character, really, is that he's always in a different costume. Yes. That he shows up as a horse in the beginning, and then he becomes a son for a tanning salon, and then he becomes a pirate, for, I think, for some kind of restaurant. And so he's just like this college kid, or this high school kid, with lots of part-time jobs as the mascot for all these different places. And so after he was in the sun costume, I was like, oh, please let him be in a different costume every scene that he's in. And I think we only get the one more. We get that pirate outfit later, but I'm glad that they continue that like that's kind of a fun through line that like if I wasn't watching for Shia I might not have picked up on because the whole movie mm-hmm. is just like there's nothing intelligent about it so why should I try to track anything right I feel just like that whole like entire class is wasted like we don't get to know half of those people and one of them has a concussion the whole movie it's like passed out and stuff yeah. but, uh, I actually like what Foggy's doing here most I think this role kind of fits him the villainous thing I'm surprised he didn't go on to play more villains that he's more of like a nice 
guy, like always stuck in the friend zone kind of. I feel like Shia is super underused here. They focus on other class members more than him, but he's definitely doing the most interesting stuff and coming off the screen the strongest. And yeah, definitely with the costume running gag they have going, like, I don't know why they dropped that at the end. Like, he just kind of shows up in crazy looking sportswear with like half of his afro shaved, <laughs> you know. He's in the pirate costume, but he's got the hat on, like he's got yep. the head on. So we don't even see, really see we, him. We just hear his voice. Yeah, you know he's in there as the character. It's just too bad because like what they focus on in this movie is like, like Eugene Levy's the principal, and he's trying to get a grant by setting up a special needs class. It's like Harry and Lloyd and everyone that they find to be in the class is this fake special needs class. So that's like kind of offensive to begin with, just like yep. all of that whole thing. I just rubbed me the wrong way entirely. But then they have like the really attractive girl who's the reporter for school trying to crack the case of what's going on. Even though she's really good and that's, you know, the most plot we get in the movie, if somehow the class itself figured that out and became heroes on their own, uh, I think that's the movie I was more expecting. Like this entire class of misfits sort of band together and show that they're smart and take over the school and whatever. They get the principal sent to prison and they save the day in the end. It's kind of like that, but it doesn't involve the classmates at all. It involves this other student, this reporter girl the whole time that is dealing just with Harry and Lloyd. So I was wondering why all these kids were wasted and <laughs> they're just underused entirely. That's Rachel Nichols as the reporter, mm-hmm. I think from Rage, a.k.a. Toka Rebs. So there's a little bit of a Cage Club Podcast Network connection there that she was Cage's wife, I think, in yep. Rage. Th- this movie is, it really straddles the line of like, is it being offensive because these guys are simple or is it being offensive just to try to be funny? She almost uses the word, like, are you guys retarded? Like, she stops herself, but she almost says that. I mean, they, they drop the F word, like the, the slur, a oh lot. Oh my god, about- a lot. That was shocking. And I guess that's like, hey, we're in the 80s, like, we're allowed to say that. But like, no, your movie came out in 2003, so like, don't say that. There's yeah. a lot of things in this movie, and it sort of feels like, like, look at these adorable, like, special needs kids. But like, most of them aren't even special needs. Foggy's just a bully. He wants friends, basically, sort of. He wants to get with the Asian girl, right? Yeah. Who is like, offensive yeah. because she's talking in an accent. Oh. We find out that she just speaks English, she just uses the accent to pick up boys. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's the guy on crutches who just sees it as an easy out, a way to get through high school easily the football player who gets a concussion and has like cte and basically you know concussion affects the entire movie that's not funny like that's a major issue right now you know like i I was thinking about that i have a nephew who just started playing junior varsity football and i was saying you know i'm kind of scared for him you know be careful out there and everything so i mean i understand that they think it's funny but i don't find it amusing but like there's just nothing actual special needs about that it just feels like they can't do anything right and it's all about like the journalist has to save the day like it's just offensive and it's dumb. What's really a shame, at least in terms of us watching this, Shia is wasted and this is the first movie after his back-to-back movies that are probably going to be the longest episodes that we do from here on out, his biggest roles, but this comes right after the Even Stevens movie and Holes, which are the mm-hmm. next two movies that we're doing. This is all in 2003. These are movies that like he stars in, the biggest part of, the best part of, whatever, and here it's just, he's just shuffled off to the background. It's like we only want to talk about Harry, we only want to talk about Lloyd, that's it. Like, we don't care about developing anything else after the two of them and the principal and the lunch lady, the guy who gets the most character development is somehow Bob Saget, kind of? Like, <laughs> nothing about this is thought out. It's just offensive and bad, and I wish I didn't own this DVD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the movie is called Harry and Lloyd, so I understand, like, we're going to be 
following them and focused on them, but then don't have these other interesting, more what I find to be more fascinating characters, you know, even as weak as they're represented. I'm like, I'd rather follow the rest of the class than Harry and Lloyd <laughs> for some reason. They're just yeah. more appealing. I just don't like the portrayal of these characters. They just come across as cruel sometimes, especially Lloyd. Like, he just seems like a asshole yeah i don't know as far as shy is concerned like it's really weird that he'll go from holes and even stevens to these movies where he has starring roles and he's in the entire thing and then boom it's like dumb and dumberer charlie's angels i robot constantine where he's just going to be regulated to the background in a weird way where it's like here's a guy who should be in the movie more and we want him in the movie more but we can't fit him anywhere but we're really trying to get this kid's career going somehow to the next level like i don't think this was considered a blockbuster, but it was definitely highly anticipated because there is a very big following to Dumb and Dumber 1. It's just very strange that he goes from, he doesn't go on to do more leading roles and see him growing up like, say, Keanu, right? Like, Keanu didn't really start making cameos until he was established and he was just doing that to help out friends or get movies financed or whatever but it would have been cool to see him be harry or lloyd maybe you know even if that i would have been happy and i think he would have been a good harry in this movie actually he could have brought that energy to it and so so forth and so on like i just feel like he himself like they know what they have but they just can't utilize him properly yet what's what's frustrating about the guys who play harry and lloyd in this is that i think that they do a really good impression of jeff daniels and jim carrey but i think that's just it like it's just an impression Mm. Like, they're not the characters as much as they are the actors. They're so much dumber than they were in the first movie. Like, what's weird is, like, they're not that dumb in the first movie. They just don't think their actions through. Yeah. They're able, at the bar, or at the diner in the middle of nowhere, they're able to get Cam Neely as that, like, big biker bully or whatever to pay for their meal. So, they, like, they dupe him. And they yeah. just don't think about it because, like, Jim Carrey says that, oh, I saw it on a movie once. Jeff Daniels says, oh, well, then I guess it worked out well. He's like, no, actually, they just, you know, the guy chased him down 30 seconds later and slit their throats. Like, he knows that the plan is going to work. He just doesn't, like, think about the consequences. Here, they're just like, they would be too stupid to actually, like, pull anything off. I'm never going to watch this movie again. I guess I could maybe watch the first one again. It's not my cup of tea, but, like, there's so much more to like about that. Even without Chaya, there's things to, to enjoy and like and admire about that first movie and there's just none of that like literally zero percent of that here yeah yeah i think with that first movie you just i just at least get the sense that they're immature you know that they just need to grow up they know how to act properly in society but they're just more interested in having fun and make and and getting a rise out of each other i feel and that's more believable i feel that what we get here does feel a lot like we just studied the first movie and we're going to do all that stuff. What else, what else, though, doesn't really work is they're playing the same characters, like you said. Like, between this movie and the next movie, nothing really happens to these characters to get them to a different place in their lives. So it would have been interesting if, you know, maybe Harry and Lloyd or one of them started out, like, super-duper smart, like a nerd or something, and then through circumstances, they both ended up becoming, you know, these outcasts or seen as freaks or something like that. Because that's, again, too, I don't really feel like they're stupid. They're just idiotic in that yeah they have no filter but i feel like deep down at least harry's a good person and they'd know better but they just choose not to act right for their own amusement and stuff like that so i think it's difficult because there's really no they start the movie fully formed 
as Harry and Lloyd, as yep. big stupid idiots, and we never see them get to the point of Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey. That's unfortunate. And we could have had more Luis Guzman along the way as well. Why is he in this movie? Who cares? But I'm glad he is. I'm glad he's here too, I guess. I mean, the, the bottom line is that this whole movie is just like, hey guys, remember the first movie? Like, wink wink. Mm. Like, there's the diarrhea scene in the first movie, and so here there's like the chocolate scene in the bathroom, and like there's like so many different things that are like that. Hey, remember that scene you loved for the first movie? Like, let's have different actors basically reenact it. There's just no creativity. There's nothing to admire. Don't watch this movie. I second that. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about this movie. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? We sort of covered Shia. He's fine. I, I got nothing else to say. I mean, anything else that you want to say about this? Did Shia ever... Did he either, he either went through puberty really young or he never did? Because that voice still hasn't changed. He still got the same voice. You could tell... I, I wasn't really listening for it or anything, but I was just like, yeah, he still sounds like Shia. He's going to sound like... Maybe it's just a byproduct of watching all of his movies so close together. You don't really notice the change in his tone or anything like that. But right. different look, you know, he had... He looks younger and younger definitely you know i feel like his features are more out of proportion here into that younger awkward phase of a teenage life and he's got the big crazy afro that he's rocking i think that's a good look he needs to bring that back maybe do a 70s movie down the line and grow that out again or something i'd love to see that with his mustache at some point (laughs) it'd be hilarious yeah he's just underused you know he he's got like that energy he jumps off the screen and it's just too bad that he's not around more and it's too bad that this movie period so for all things all his movies including much much better movies than this you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub you can see all the episodes that we've done for this show we've done 22 now there are still seven to go you can see cage club kiana club monkey club now and again all sorts of other things on the network lots of fun things for you to listen to for free i'm joey lewandowski and i'm mike manzi and we'll see you next time on all his movies I've got an-